Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have a God that loves you today, right? Stand with me if you would. Thank you so much for being here. We're on a series called Under the Rug. How many of you know it's better to be on top of the rug than under the rug? Uh, Some of you have cut a rug before, but uh, anyway, that's a whole nother message. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the rain. Thank you for the fellowship. Thank you for the worship, the praise. Thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, and thank you for the word of God that we're going to hear today. Move by your Holy Spirit. We ask it, we pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbors. I'm glad you're here today. Tell them how good-looking they are, how wonderful they are, how awesome they are, and then see if you can borrow some money from them after that. (laughs) This is a parable of Jesus. Jesus is speaking to us at a level that we can understand it, Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He who also had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, gathered where I have not gathered seed, scattered seed, so you should have deposited my money with the bankers, And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest, so take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Oh, that last guy didn't do good, did he? Oh, you don't want to be him. Isn't it great that the the God of heaven, the God of the universe, would give us good things? He he would put valuable things into our hands, and of course the talent here is a measure of money, but how many of you know all the gifts 
and the callings and the anointing of God come down from the Father, according to the Bible. So, so here we have this wonderful parable. I want to give you seven quick observations this morning just from this one account. Number one, each of us have been given a gift from God. Now, now that's verses uh, 14, 15. Every one of us has been given a gift from God. So you have a gift, I have a gift, that gift's available to you, it's available to me, and all we have to do is reach out and take the gift, right? So if you and I want that gift, we just have to come up and possess the gift. So that's not just for a few, it's not for one or two, it's for everybody who is called by the Lord, for everyone who is called to serve in the kingdom of God, then God has given you a gift. It's up to you whether you want it or not, whether you want to take it or not. You got 26 seconds. Four, two, one. Isn't it something that God gave everybody in this auditorium a gift? You say, well, I don't know what mine is. Well, you you need to pray about it. You need to read the Word. You need to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Every person here, according to this passage, that is a servant of the Lord, is what? Receiving a gift, a talent, something that you can use to build the kingdom of God. So here's the second thing that, that we, we know. Uh, we're given these gifts to be used until the master returns. L- look at verse number 19. He is going to come back and see what you did with the gift and the talents that uh, he gave. Now, I want to be very clear here. There's a lot of theology and teaching and preaching out there, but let me tell you what the passage says. That that talent, that gift is going to be there until the master returns. Let me say that over to this side over here. (laughs) According to Scripture, not my opinion, not what somebody said on television, not someone's teaching down the road, those talents and gifts will be there with the servants until the master comes back. Did you get it? So when you hear different, the word trumps somebody else's opinion. The gifts, the talents will be there until the master comes back. I deserve a better amen than that, but anyway. The gifts, the talents will be given according to our ability. I may not can do what you can do. You may not can do what I can do, but everybody can do something, right? Uh, Here's another one. Uh, We have to be good stewards of the gifts that we've received. Verse number 19, he expects us to do something with what he's given us. Uh, We have the responsibility to develop our talents and our abilities. Verses 20, 21. So the the guy who got five, he did something with the five and he had ten. The one who had two did something with what he had and he has four. Uh, Number six, we are responsible to use the gifts uh, And if we use them, there is a reward, right? 
it's not just uh, I gained five and I gained two. It's that come, I'll make you ruler over more. So there's reward with that. And the last one, if we don't use the gift, there are serious consequences in our lives. So God wants you to use what he gave you. He wants me to use what he gave me. So our gifts, our talents were not given for our sole benefit. We're stewards, but your spiritual gifts are intended to be used for you and to serve other people around you, right? So each of us has received a gift, and this is what Peter says. This is 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So these are grace gifts. You didn't do anything to earn them. Uh, You're not working for them. They're given by the Holy Spirit. They're grace gifts. This is a different translation. Each of you has been blessed with one of God's many wonderful gifts to be used in the service of others. So use your gift well. Say that last part with me. Use your gift well. Use your gift well. Now, Yesterday, Carrie and I went up to see the grandkids. We got to see uh, a part of them, three of them. We didn't see the twins, but Matt lives in a little area there, and where he lives in this community, there's a pond in the middle for the houses around. So they were going to go fishing. Now listen, if you go fishing with little grandkids, it's a trip. And so I noticed yesterday, in anticipation of coming and speaking to you today, uh, everybody could do something and some couldn't do other things. So they, they couldn't cast their pole out in the water, so Aaron and I had to do the casting for them. But, but they could, if the cork went under, they could reel it in. Um, the girls didn't want to take the fish off the hook, so somebody else had to do that for them. Ian is two years old, so he neither can cast it out nor keep still. So he's in charge of the minnow bucket. I mean, that is his deal. So if anybody needed a new minnow, then Ian would uh, have three ways to get a minnow. He would reach down and get it in his hand or use the little net to get the minnow, or he would use his hat. So he was the minnow go-getter. So (laughs) anyway, everybody kind of had a little different thing that they could do. Now, everybody couldn't do everything, but some people could do some things. And, you know, that's what we can do. You, You can't do everything. I can't do everything, but I can do something. And what I can't do, there's somebody here that can do that. So that, that's how that works. I mean, this is the way, he says, so we use our gift well because everybody has been blessed with one of God's various grace gifts. So Romans 12, 6 says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. Now that word grace is where we get the word charismatic or charisma from, which means simply it is a grace gift. It means God, once you got saved, God graciously gave you a gift. Now, I don't know what everyone's gift here is, but everybody's got one if you belong to the Lord because the Holy Spirit has endowed us with certain gifts. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us the Holy Spirit gives different gifts to each of us as he determines. So we're all different, different gifts, different talents, different callings, and so we're thankful that God wants to use everybody here. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Paul gives us the nine spiritual gifts that he lists in that passage. So it is the word of wisdom, 
The word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, workings of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, you don't have all nine of those. You have some of them, but you don't have all nine. Now, why? Because I cannot say I'm complete in myself. I need you. You need me. We're in this together. Can I hear an amen? Now, in Romans chapter 12, he gives us another group of gifts, and he calls those, again, those are grace gifts. Now, I, the ones he doubles up on, he mentions in, in 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm going to repeat those, but let me give you the ones that he adds in Romans 12. It is ministry and service. Say that with me, ministry and service. So we all can serve, we all can minister, and we live in a culture today that is a celebrity culture. People don't want to serve, they want to be celebrities. And especially with uh, the uh, smartphone and the internet, everybody's a celebrity, right? I got my own page, I got my own views, I got my own TikTok, got my own clock or whatever else you want to put. So everybody wants to be a celebrity. Few people today want to serve. That's why people who have businesses have a very difficult time to get people to work because people don't want to serve. You've been to the restaurant, been to the fast food, they could care less about you, most of them. If you find somebody who are, who's willing to serve, let me tell you, that's an outstanding individual. Because we're living now in a culture where people don't want to serve. You see, we need to follow the pattern of the Lord. We are servant leaders. Now, let, let me, I, I've never taught on this before, but let me give you a little insight. This is John chapter 13. Let me set the stage. Jesus is meeting with his disciples to have what we would call the Last Supper. It's going to be the last time he eats with them, he, he, you know, before he goes to the cross, before he dies and, and resurrects. So they're coming together. It's their Passover. We call it the Last Supper. So they go to the upper room. And they're going to eat. He's going to break the bread. He's going to pass, you know, the goblet. He's going to pass the cup. But the custom is, is when you come together as a group and you enter in, someone washes feet. And there's no one washing feet. So they gather together. No one washes feet. So Jesus gets up, and he's about to wash his disciples' feet. Look with me, chapter 13, verse 4. Jesus got up from the supper, took off his coat. He picked up a cloth and put it around him. He girded himself with a towel, and he's getting ready to wash his own disciples' feet. They're shocked. And Peter even said, Lord, you're not gonna wash my feet. And the Lord said, hey, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. And then Peter says, just give me a bath then. You know, I, 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 you know just wash me all over. Basically, it's what he's saying. But I want you, if you will take that verse and look at the action words in the verse Number one, he got up. Say that with me. He got up. He, he's at supper. No one washes feet. He gets up. So what is that saying to you and I? Start moving. Get up. Maybe you've sat too long. Maybe you didn't think there was a place for you. Move into a position of service. Get up off your indifference. That's a nice way to put it. Get out of your comfort zone. Oh, I know you're old, I know you're young, I know you're middle-aged. I know you work hard, I know you're a mom, I know you're a dad. I, I know you do this and I know you do that, but get up! 
It's just simple. He got up. Where does it start? You just get up. Number two, he took off. What did he do? He took off the outer garments that would restrict him from bending down and serving and washing their feet. Let me ask you a question. What has gotten around you that you need to take off so you can serve in a greater capacity or even begin to serve? Sometimes we got to take some stuff off to serve. So uh, what's hindering you from serving? I mean, uh, is it a spiritual gift that you know you need to move forward in and to use do you need to take off some recreation do you need to take off some stuff that you're doing that has very little eternal value to it how many of you know you're going to be dead a lot longer than you are alive you're going to spend more time in eternity than you do here your life here is just a vapor it's like a puff of smoke but eternity is a long 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 time so whatever you do in the kingdom will reward you on the other side listen I know sometimes we just got to get up and sometimes we just got to take some stuff off of us that's hindering us from using our talents and our gifts and here's the third thing he picked up what did he pick up he picked up the towel He picked up to the basin of water. He went to go serve. So he took hold of what he needed to go serve his disciples. So what do you and I need to pick up? Let's back up. What do we need to get up, take off, pick up to go serve? That's the example of Jesus. Not my example, not your example, but that's the example of Jesus. So if we're here today and say, I want to be more like Jesus, well... Get up, take some stuff off, pick some stuff up, and start serving. Amen, Pastor, that is so wonderful. Because that's what we do. Because we follow his example. Now, let me go back to the parable. How long do we do this till the master comes back again? Well, listen, I've done it for years. Okay, I get that, but there's something else you can do. There's there's something you can contribute. So uh, let's go back to Romans 12. So I talked about ministry service. The next one is teaching. Uh, We're all teachers in one respect or another, whether it's our children, our grandchildren, our class, uh, whatever that is. Encouragement, exhortation. Boy, we live in a world that needs some encouragement, don't we? I mean, goodness gracious, listen to the news. It's horrible. I need someone to come along to encourage me, exhort me, build me up. I mean, get me up out of the CNN gutter. Get me up out of the political gutter. Fox, NBC. I mean, you listen to the talking heads. They will blow up your bubble in a heartbeat. Let's hear some good news. Let's have someone to speak something positive into our life. Let's have an exhorter. About a month ago, we had a missionary in our service, David. He sat right over here behind Matt and I. We welcomed him uh, when he came in. I uh, saw him in Colorado Springs at a conference all the way back in July. And then about uh, two weeks ago, Matt and I were outside of San Antonio at a conference, and David was there. He lives in Africa. He is a missionary, but he is over here for a while. And so he came to Ray of Hope, like I said, about a month ago. So when we were out by San Antonio, I asked David, I said, David, 
uh, you came to our church, what was the most amazing, impacting thing that you saw and you experienced while you were at Ray of Hope? And I preached that Sunday. Just want to tell you, I preached that Sunday. I wish he would have said, the preaching was dynamic. Uh, no. I, I wish well, he would have said, the worship was off the charts. No. You know what he told me? He said, the most impressive thing when I came to Ray of Hope that Sunday morning is how I was greeted when I walked through the door. Preaching, no. Greeting, two thumbs up. You never know how you impact somebody else's life. You never know what the deal is, what the moment is, what the secret sauce is for that service and that person. So is ministry important? Service, yes. Teaching, yes. Encouragement, exhortation, yes. Giving with a very liberal heart, yes. Leadership with diligence, yes. Mercy with cheerfulness, yes. See, these are all things that the Lord says that we can have in our life. Do you have all of those? Maybe not, but the Holy Spirit deposits those in our life so we can what? Build the kingdom of God. And that's the parable. Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like. He says, there are servants in this kingdom, and I am going to put in those servants valuable things in their hands so they can take care of this kingdom until I come back. Wow. I'm about to preach myself happy. Barbara Glantz is a consultant, and she's doing a consulting session with a very large retail grocer. Uh, most of you know there are grocery chains across America. They're very, very large, have thousands, tens of thousands of employees. So in the Midwest region, uh, they came together. We're talking about the cashiers, the, the people who sack in groceries, the, the bag boys, the bag girls. Uh, I said bag, not bad girls. But anyway, so, so they're coming together, the, the butchers, the bakers, the managers, the store owners, and they're coming together for this huge seminar conference. And what Barbara did, and let me read it to you, she said, each of you should put your own signature on your job. What could you do that is uniquely you that tells your customers they're important? So, so what you're doing, how can you, in a very unique way, show your customers they're very, very important? So th this young man, his name's Johnny, is there. Johnny has Down syndrome, but he is the bagger. He, he's the sacker at this one uh, grocery store. So Johnny's hearing this, and when they leave the conference, he goes home to his parents. He says, well, this is what the lady said. Uh, what could I do that would be my own unique thing to help customers know that I value them and we want them to shop in our store? So they said, well, Johnny, you've been collecting very positive quotes, you know, from history and leaders. And, and we've all read the great quotes from people from ages and even currently. So he said, yeah. So what Johnny did he collected all those quotes that he had and he copied them and he began to cut them out one by one. And so when they would come down his checkout lane, he's at the end bagging the groceries. He said, hey, I have the quote of the day. I'm gonna put it in your sack. I hope it blesses you. So 
After a few weeks, the manager's going through the store. He notices one line is backed up really far. And he goes, and you've had this happen to you. Hey, this checkout uh, line is open. That cashier doesn't have anything. If you want to move over there, you can get out. They said, no, we're fine. We're good. And he says, why are these people not going to the other checkout lines and getting out quicker and earlier? And finally, somebody said, no, I'm fine. We want to be in Johnny's checkout because we're going to get the quote of the day. Small things mean big things. And especially when it's multiplied over and over and over again. So you and I can do the things that maybe you think is insignificant, but how many of you know in the world we live in today, there are no insignificant things. So we can do things that are even bigger and better than we ever thought is possible. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You know what the Lord is saying? I've put good things in you. I put great things in you. Just let it come out. Use it for my glory. Build my kingdom with the things I put in you. And some of you may say, well, it's not that great. Let me tell you, anything God gives you is great. Someone said snowflakes are pretty small, but if you get enough of them to stick together, it'll shut down a whole city, right? We just need some stickers. And so what would happen if we all stuck together and did what God wanted us to do? Wouldn't that be pretty powerful? I mean, what would happen if we all got together with our gifts, our talents, in unity, building the kingdom of God? Would that be impressive? Would the world notice that? Would would your school notice that? Would our county notice that? Would our city notice that? I'm saying yes. And I think they are noticing that because we're getting a lot of criticism right now. So I found out the more criticism you get, the more you're probably doing something right. So what I'm saying is God put talents and gifts by the Holy Spirit in all of our lives. We can use those for his glory to build the kingdom of God, and that's what we all should be doing. It should be a beautiful orchestra playing together. Beautiful music. Not all of the orchestra plays the same instruments, right? They're not all on the same thing as far as what they contribute. But when they pull it together, it becomes a tremendous, tremendous production and music. So you have something to put in the orchestra for people to come and be impressed by the movement and the spirit of Almighty God. You know, spiritual gifts are not for competition, but for contribution and completion. This is what I found out. I've been doing this a long time. A lot of people, instead of using their spiritual gift, they covet somebody else's. No, just use yours. And sometimes we are jealous of other people's gifts, and we feel like we're in competition. Hey, if Matt can preach better than me, I'm all for it. Go, buddy. Let's build the kingdom. If somebody can sing better than me, and that's everybody here. So uh, if you can sing better than me, go for it. We're not in competition. If you're in competition with somebody, you've missed the whole idea of the body of Christ. And it's hindered a lot of people, and it's stifled the growth of the church over the years. Because we've moved to competition instead of cooperation 
and completion. We should help complete one another, but so many people are so insecure, we'll talk about that later, they're in competition. So we should be making beautiful music. So why wouldn't people use their gifts, their callings, their anointings to do that? Well, I'm glad you asked me because I'm gonna give you a few ways. Here's number one. Why would people not do it? And this is so deep and profound, uh, you may want to write it down and, and get a Strong's and analyze it. It, it. The first point is amazing. They're lazy. And you know what that means in the Greek? They're lazy. The Bible is really replete with the sluggard, the lazy person. And this guy who got the one talent given according to his ability, so the Lord knew he had the ability to take care of one talent. And he would have got a reward and a blessing. Come in, you good and faithful servant. But he was so lazy, he did nothing with what the master gave him. He buried it. He just said, well, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm going to hide it under the rug. I'm going to bury it. And when the master came back, how many of you know, he wasn't very happy. And the outcome wasn't very good. Here's the second thing people do. They're insecure. They have insecurity. Well, what if I try it and it doesn't work? I'm not really for sure if that's what I'm supposed to do. I, I'm not sure, sure how people are going to receive me. Which really segues into the third thing, fear. I mean, fear can be a horrible thing. It can be so gripping. But the opposite of fear is faith. So we need to have faith in what God's doing in our life. We need to believe that what he's given us is of value. We need to believe that we can do what he has called us to do because he gives it according to our own what? Ability. If you didn't have the ability to use it, he wouldn't have given it. Let me say that again. If you didn't have the ability to use it, he wouldn't have given it because he gives it according to your what? Ability. So we don't want to be insecure about it. We don't want to fear. And then the fourth thing is misplaced priorities. Now, what does that mean? Well, pastor, I'm just too busy to use my gift. Well, if you're too busy, shame on you. Because remember the second thing Jesus did, the action, not only did he get up, he took off. Because sometimes you got to take some stuff off to serve. You say, well, what do I have to take off? Well, you know, maybe you're too busy to serve because you got too many irons in the fire. Carrie tells me that all the time. Oh, you're just too busy. Or maybe you're too busy with the wrong things. And sometimes those wrong things have very little eternal value to them. I know they're important today. And listen, I'm not saying quit doing important things. I'm just saying if you're too busy to serve God, you're just too busy. So we don't want to get to the place where we have misplaced priorities because what we're doing on this earth is temporal, but what we do for eternity in the kingdom of heaven is eternal. And, you know, your life is just a vapor that appears for a while and then vanishes away. I was thinking about this um, yesterday, last night, this morning, and I really feel like the Lord gave me a word, and I want to share it with you today. When we push aside laziness, insecurity, fear, and misplaced priorities, we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us into our highest potential. Because you've got to move and put aside laziness, insecurity, fear, and misplaced priorities. And if you do that, you allow the Holy Spirit to lift you up to your highest potential. 
because the Lord knows what you're capable of. He knows what I'm capable of. He won't put more on us than we're able to bear, right? So what Mother Teresa said, she said, I wish the Lord didn't trust me so much. And sometimes we feel that way, don't we? Man, I, I just wish that, you know, I didn't have all of this and, I, you know, I can't, you know, get through all this. No, listen, he knows your ability. So he wouldn't give you what you have if you didn't have the ability to take care of it. So many times people have huge blessings, huge talents, huge spiritual gifts that they put under the rug and they never pull them out. Listen, if we're going to grow, if we're going to reach our cities and our county, we're all going to have to participate in this orchestra. This has got to be a tremendous blessing and a cooperative effort no matter what we do. Listen, as we are here right now, there are people who are recording this service. There's people who is operating, they're operating, you know, the EP and the screens and the lights and the computers. In the back, there's a whole hall full of nurseries back there. How many of you know there's some action going on back there? You know, the scripture says we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. And so they're probably doing a little bit of that back there right now. Uh, there's kids being ministered to back there on Wednesday night. There's people who cook. There's people who serve. There's people who clean up. There's people who empty trash cans. There's people who teach classes here. There's people who work with youth, uh, high school and junior high. There's people who clean the carpets. There's people who preach and teach in all types of classes. And, And listen, there's musicians and there's singers. Listen, there is a complete complete orchestra trying to play beautiful music. And guess what? People notice it. And and people want to be a part of that. So make sure you make room for people to come and use their gift and their talent and their calling. Listen, if you have a closed society, you're wrong. God is trying to bring people in to grow his kingdom. This is not your show. This is not my show. This is the kingdom of Mike. No, I mean, this is the kingdom of God. If you think this is your kingdom, oh, baby, I don't want to see you at the end. I don't know that person. This is the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is the body of Christ. Well, that little toe's not important. Well, when I bang it against the table, it's pretty important because my heart goes down and beats in it for a while. Everybody here is extremely important. I mean, how do I impress that upon you? How do I show you? And the only way I know to show you is through Scripture. It doesn't make a difference if you've got five or one. He wants you to have that. The Holy Spirit endowed that to you, gifted that to you. You didn't earn it, and it's really not yours. You're the steward. You know what a steward is? Someone who takes care of somebody else's property. Years ago, Dow came into my office, and he was getting ready to give a lesson. And he had the scripture, and he said, Pastor Mike, can you help me with this lesson? I said, sure, Dow, whatever you you need. So he said, here's the lesson, here's the scripture, here's what I want to say. And in a few minutes, I just outlined it and gave it to him. And he looked at me and he said, how do you do that? 
I said, what do you mean? He said, just in a few minutes, you outlined it, you, you gave me the scripture, you kind of gave me the meetup, you outlined it. He said, how do you do that? He said, I, I can't do that like you do. And I said, well, number one, I think it's a gift. I, I can't take credit for that, it's just a gift. He said, well, you bring things out of scripture I never thought of. I said, it's just a gift. But I said, Dow, you do things that I can't do. I mean, you do things not only I can't do, I don't want to do. I mean, Dow would love you to the last ditch. I mean, he would stay with you until, you know, kingdom come. He was like a loggerhead turtle. He doesn't let go till it thunders. Some of you don't even know what that means. You are not redneck enough, is what I'm telling you. But, but, I mean, if you had a drug problem, if you had a marriage problem, whatever issue you had, he was there to love you and take care of you. I mean, every Wednesday night, he's back there with people who are struggling. And I said, Dal, that's not my gift. I would go back there and have one meeting. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> Meeting's over. You're cured. Just stop. I don't even know it's not that easy. But there are people who have gifts that I don't have. And maybe I have gifts you don't have. But let's, whatever we have, let's use it for the glory of God. Let's build the kingdom of God. Some of you, just like Paul wrote, you're encouragers. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are amazing givers. Some of you can lead. Some people really have mercy. I remember years ago, we had spiritual gifts test, and so we, we took those, and we were comparing, you know, some of our gifts that the little test said. So uh, we were talking about what's our strongest points and what's our weakest, and if I remember right, we looked at Randy and Carrie's list. Their weakest was mercy. I thought, that's so accurate. But it is so accurate. <laughs> Jump up, rub some dirt on it, and you're good. But Carrie, you're a nurse, I'm dying. No, you're not, get up. <laughs> Be like Jesus, get up, put off, and go serve. So we all have stuff that we can use for the glory of God. And the greatest gift, the greatest gift is just that you're saved. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he, what, gave. He gave his only begotten son. Jesus coming to die on the cross, shedding his blood, so you and I could be saved, is a gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. The only way you do to have that gift is receive it by faith. And all of those other gifts proceed out of you coming to Jesus, believing on him, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit endowing you with all of these other gifts to build the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? And whether you're young or you're older, we all can participate. Young David went to the battlefield, fought the giant. How many of you know he was sent there by God? Because he had a unique gift to defeat the giant when nobody else wanted to go. So whatever you're doing, do it with all of your might. Do it with everything that you have. 
because God wants to build his kingdom. And one day, Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to ask you this question. What did you do with what I gave you? How did you increase it? How did you multiply it? How did you build the kingdom? So I want to encourage you today, and this is just so positive today, that you realize that you are gifted by God to do something wonderful in his kingdom. Pray about it. Work it. You don't get it by working, but once you get it, you multiply it. You use it. You build the kingdom. And it may be for just one person. It may be for two people. It may be for 10,000. But let me tell you, whatever you do in this kingdom to lift up Jesus Christ and build the kingdom of heaven, it will give you an eternal reward according to Scripture. Would you bow your head with me? Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're here and you've never given your life and heart to him, you need to give your life to Christ. Today you can. All you have to do is believe on him, receive him, allow him to come into your heart, be sincere. And maybe you've wandered away, you've drifted away. If you have drifted away, let me tell you, there's a road back to the Father. And you can come and be in his presence, refocus your life, and go forward. If that's you today, if you don't know Christ, if you're not at the place you need to be, if you need to say, Lord, I, I need to get real with you, would you just lift your hand right where you sit? Nobody's going to embarrass you or call you out in any embarrassing way. Thank you. We want to make sure you make heaven. Make sure you get to the place you need to be. And that's in heaven with Jesus. Now here's the next question I want to ask you, and let's all ponder this very soberly. Has God helped you by giving you a gift? Has he endowed something in your life, in your heart, that you can encourage another person or teach or give? Or maybe lay hands on someone to pray for them? Or even pray for people when they come forward at this altar? Or maybe to share a passage or exhort someone? Maybe as his grace is so strong in your life financially, you're able to give. Maybe there's a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Could be many things, right? This is what the Apostle Paul said to a young minister. He said, Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. So today, I think my assignment by the Lord is to stir up the gift that's in you and to realize you have one. So stir up the gift that God has put in your life. Stir up the gift that God has put in your life. In a moment, we're gonna pray. We have some people that's gonna get up right now and come and stand right here at the front. So if our prayer partners would come and stand here. And I don't know what you need to pray about today. Maybe your prayer is, Lord, help me to find what my gift is. Help me to use my gift today, Lord. Or maybe your prayer is, Lord, I, I need your help because I'm sick in body. Or maybe you need to pray for a family member or God's laying someone on your heart right now to pray for. 
If that's you, let's all stand right now. Would you come and stand here with me? We're going to pray. We're going to dismiss. But if you need to pray about something, if you want to pray about your gift, if you want to pray how God's going to use you, or you want to pray for somebody else, would you come right now? And Would you come and stand right here? Let's pray together. Come on, let's give these folks a hand. They're coming right now. All the way from the Cascade section, wherever you're at, if you'd like to come, I want you to come stand right here. We're going to pray. And listen, if you haven't used your gift or you don't know what that is, if you'll come and stand here, I'm going to pray that God would stir up your gift just like Paul prayed for Timothy. I'm going to wait just for a moment before we pray. If that's you, I want you to come and stand. Listen, nobody's going to embarrass you. We're just going to stand here and say, Lord, help me build your kingdom. Use me to build your kingdom. Help me, Lord, to increase what you're doing. And whatever I have, use it for your glory. I'm going to wait just for a moment. I don't want anybody to be left out if the Lord's dealing with your heart today. If the Holy Spirit's moving upon your heart to say, I, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to do what God wants me to do. Become what God wants me to become. Just come and stand. Now, I need about 50, 60 people who know how to pray. Would you come? Would you stand with someone? Don't let anyone be by themselves. Come and stand with them. Put your hand on their shoulder. Come and stand by them. Let's pray for them. Let's ask God to help us right now. Come on, church. Let's be the church. Come on up. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray together right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, those who've come forward, Lord, we're asking for you to touch their hearts their lives, their minds, their family. God, we don't know what their need is, but we know that you are the meter of our needs. We know that you are the one who leads us, guides us. You're the one who gives us hope. Lord, we pray for our families. We pray for our children, our grandchildren. God, we pray that you would just be so kind and good to us because you are the good God. Lord, we're thankful the Holy Spirit has invested gifts, callings, anointings in our own life. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be used by you. God, thank you for all the wonderful gifts, and the callings, the anointings that are in this church. All those who serve, those who pray, those who sing, those who worship, those who play, those who teach in so many capacities. So, God, bless your people. Increase your kingdom, and God, use us for your glorious work. And everybody said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. God bless you. I love you. See you tonight. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.